0: For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of worth. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper.
1: Happy Saturday everyone, and welcome to Richard Skipper celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating tonight? There's so much to celebrate if we just take the time to do so. I'm wearing black and white tonight, but we are going to be going into a wonderful technical world with Walter Kruger, and I am so excited. Uh, When I first started doing these programs, uh, well, let's go back uh, when COVID first took over this country. I was lucky enough to have Walter on this show, uh, but he wasn't actually. On this show, we did a Facebook Live event, which is somewhere out there in the ether world. Uh, God only knows where that is. Uh, But we had a wonderful Saturday afternoon, and he showed me part of his collection, and I couldn't wait to get him back. Uh, But all this month, I have been celebrating 100 years of Judy Garland. I want to thank all of you who have been tuning in. Tonight, our special word is uniqueness, because we are going to be celebrating the uniqueness of myself, the uniqueness of Walter Krueger, and we're also going to be celebrating the uniqueness of Oz and all things Oz. So if you put in the word hashtag uniqueness, you're going to win a very special prize, which we're going to tell you about in a little bit. But before we do, as we've done with each of our shows, we're going to start with our own little celebration of Judy Garland. Here she is. This is where it all begins.
2: Here when you smiled at me, I heard a melody. It haunted me from the start. Something inside of me started a symphony. Sing with the strings of my heart. Just like a breath of spring, I heard a robin sing about a nest set apart. All nature seemed to be in perfect harmony. Sing when the strains of my heart. Your eyes made sky seem blue again. What else could I do again? But keep repeating, true and through, I love you, love. I still recall a thrill, I guess I always will. I hope will never defy the love. But dear, with your lips to mine, oh, rhapsody divine, sing went the strings of my heart. Your eyes made sky seem blue again. What else could I do again but keep repeating through and through? I love you, love you. I still recall a thrill. I guess I always will. I hope you will never depart.
1: this month we have celebrated the one and only Judy Garland. And this week we'll be wrapping everything up and then I am taking a much needed vacation. Rosa Puzo is here tonight. We're going away together. We're going to Provincetown to see Debbie Wilman next week. Uh if you know anywhere where she's appearing, I think she's in Fort Lauderdale this weekend. Go 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 to see her. But tonight we are going to celebrate Walter Kruger. Walter, I put together a little special surprise for you. I was out all day, and I came home, and I did this for you. I hope you like it. Uh, it's not a song from The Wizard of Oz, but it's uh, one of your favorite Judy Garland songs because you put a smile on all of our faces, and I know it's been a difficult week for you, uh, but this is for you. Walter, we love you. Here it is.
2: sky, you'll get by, if you smile through your fear and sorrow, smile and maybe tomorrow, you'll see the sun come shining through. For you, light up your face with gladness, hide every trace of sadness, all the tear may be ever.
1: Here he is, Walter Krueger. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. How are you? I am doing great. And there you are in Dorothy Gale Gingham tonight. (laughs) You just had this made for you, you told me before we went live. Yes,
0: yes. This was the alternate look for uh, when I went to uh, Judy Garland's 100th birthday recently in Los Angeles. Um, I had two different looks that I was going to... Try to figure out which one I liked. And so at the last minute, I went with my Vera Wang outfit. And so this was the alternate, which was um, a blue gingham suit. So I felt what better way way to introduce it than right here on the Richard Skipper Celebrates show.
1: I am so glad that you are here tonight. And uh, tonight is also, believe it or not, National Splurge Day and i thought yes. how appropriate that we are yes. here tonight with you because you have i mean i think that you recently i think it's recently amassed your collection of oz memorabilia um at over a million dollars yes yes uh well we're going to start at the beginning and we're going to go through a lot of what you've collected over the years. I always start my shows with a surprise question and I'm going to see if I can make it Oz or Judy centric tonight. I haven't looked at it, but the question is uh, you're at a cafe. What uh, type of drink do you offer? uh, Do you drink? So you were just out in California. Um, I'm sure you had a great time partying out there. What's your favorite drink when you go out?
0: Well, I have to say the drink for Judy's birthday. And I guess my very close inner circle who's there with me would know this. Um, My drink of the night at her party was called a Paloma. So (laughs) I really loved it. So (laughs) um, I had quite fun with, um, for those who uh, know, uh, Shanice Williams. She's a wonderfully talented individual. She's this actress. She played Dorothy in The Wiz Live for NBC. And her and I, and uh, my um, plus one, um, Austin, had uh, a wonderful time uh, sharing Palomas and uh, memories of Judy that night. So it was just, it was a wonderful, delightful evening. So I would say my new favorite drink right now for the summer is a Paloma. So what (laughs)
1: got into a Paloma?
0: Well, the bartender just said there was tequila and I said,
1: yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all we need to know. So so tonight we are going to give away a very special prize. I want to tell you, I'm older than you, Walter, but when I was a kid, I was obsessed with The Wizard of Oz. I still am. I've got (laughs) not the collection that you have. I mean, I've got this. This is my 70th anniversary collection. I've got my own uh, Mm -hmm. ruby slippers that are here. Uh, yes. Not as many pairs as you do. Yes. <laughs> I also have uh, from uh, Dorothy's basket, and him and Dorothy. Uh, just what a few that? things that I uh, put here uh, just to celebrate with you tonight. But when I was a kid, uh, I was watching TV one afternoon. Uh, I grew up in a small town in South Carolina, and I there's a reason I'm telling this story because this commercial came on for a new theme park that opened in Banner Elk, North Carolina. And I started screaming because it was the Land of Oz. And the Land of Oz, we're going to talk about this, because you are connected with the Land of Oz. Yeah. And somebody is going to go home tonight with a very special prize. Uh, I, You know, I've got to, uh, to clean this up a little bit. I wrote this very fast, uh, but you are going to give away a piece of the actual Yellow Rick Road. Uh, do you have that handy? So we I do, do not this? have it
0: handy here with me. It is actually in my office downstairs, but uh, it is a piece of the Yellow Brick Road about a big, and um, the person winning this piece can do whatever they wish. A lot of collectors like to fashion them into necklaces. Um, that's originally what the piece was collected for, was to be future in the future made into a necklace and then sold Um, but I did come across it as I've been unpacking and I felt that there's a collector out there somewhere or a fan of the Wizard of
1: Oz and Judy's legacy
0: and what better way to honor that than with your own piece of actual yellow brick road
1: That's great. Let's talk a little bit before we start again on your collection uh, about the Land of Oz in North Carolina. Because when the Land of Oz opened, uh, it was going to be a theme park along the lines uh, of uh, uh, Disneyland and everything. Ray Bolger was there as part of this. Uh, I remember that he was part there as uh the groundbreaking ceremony uh this was all big news at the time uh and it opened with great fanfare uh and it opened and it was uh you know successful when it opened and then there was a massive fire
2: yeah you know that Mm -hmm.
1: happened uh do you want to tell us a little bit about what happened oh yeah well prior to the fire there was just
0: let's say like this most amazing opening and such a promise for like and going up against disney at the time and um in a mom and pop more setting up in the be- in beach mountain and um looming right around the corner we also had the a gas crisis similar to kind of what we're going through now there was a gas shortage and uh so to get up a mountain was going to be kind oh of my god
1: at I- the top of that mountain yeah. to get up there Yeah,
0: and uh, so uh, what they had found was that they they had this very special place that the designer had gone up there and seen, and he had said, you know, um, he wanted to go up there um, with the proprietor of the land and everything, and they looked at it, and they said, you know, this looks like the land of Oz, and they looked at it from the point of of view of a child. And so um, it was very pure of heart and very, very wonderful nature, in all of its uh, makings and opening. It took them a while to get it off the ground. Ray Bolger broke that ground in, on, in their opening ceremony. Um, it was just a, a wonderful time. And then um, Debbie Reynolds came with Carrie Fisher. They were some of the guests. Muhammad Ali was one of, their, one of their special guests. And then there was a fire in Emerald City and it claimed a couple of the buildings, including some of the buildings that had housed uh, the original costumes from the film. And so um, a few of them were lost. Um, how many we're not sure. Um, my my friend and I, the uh, art director, the the man behind the curtain, Sean Barrett, um, up at Land. Of Who Oz, we're trying to
1: get on the show next week, everyone. So Sean, if you're oh, watching, yes. Tonight, yes. <laughs> oh, he
0: should, He definitely. He, he if he has time, he's a very busy man. He's actually in preparations right now, trying to make all that magic swirl and rustle for Land of Oz. So. Um, But yes, I I really hope you can get him on and he will. He'll explain a little more in depth. He's just so much more knowledgeable. But in
1: addition to this fire, there was theft. I mean, it it could make a movie in itself. There was theft, Uh, items were stolen. There were all kinds of things behind the scene. I mean, it's quite an interesting story. I hope that somebody writes a book about it someday. Oh yeah, well, there are some
0: books now that are in existence that do touch upon it. Um, Not so much the Land of Oz aspect. That's to be in the future, we'll say. But there are other things that you can look up and your viewers can look up if they're interested in the history and the uh, props and collectibles that made the movie. Um, I highly recommend the book, The Ruby Slippers of Oz by Reese Thomas. Yes. And that is an amazing book. Reese is a longtime um person that I've emailed as a child and into my adulthood. And I am just delighted that he actually did an updated version of that book. So if you guys want, check that out. The Ruby Slippers of Oz by Reese Thomas. It is just a fountain of knowledge. He was one of he was the first guy to really dig into that story and bring it to surface for people to know about it up until Reese, everybody thought there was only one pair of Ruby slippers and now we know there were multiple pairs. So
1: I also remember, uh, in 1970, you know, in the 74, 75, when the MGM auction took place, uh, that's entertainment had come out. Uh, and, uh, you know, and all these items were being auctioned off at MGM and it really put a light on these slippers when they were auctioned off. One of the pairs of the ruby slippers. Um, I want to go back to that first time that you recall uh, seeing The Wizard of Oz. Uh, What what is your earliest memory and how does that resonate with you, uh, with your family? For me, It was those memories of my family being together that will always, you know, are such deep memories for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, The Wizard of Oz for me definitely is rooted in family. Absolutely. My first viewing um, is a little fuzzy, Um, but I, I will say it had to have taken place with a copy that my mom had recorded off of TV and then shortly followed by the widely distributed um, uh, the 1989 Downey, Wizard of Oz, uh, VHS that came out. So um, I grew up very much with the 50th anniversary of that. Um, But prior to that, I would say my mom probably showed it to me on a recorded copy. Remember, you could buy the Kodak blank tapes and record off of TV. So I believe she had done that at one point. And that's uh, where the whole gateway to Oz had actually opened for me as far as Judy Garland's world With that. Prior to that, I was a Baum Oz child. So um, my grandmother had exposed me to the books uh, written by L. Frank Baum. So I had already had pre-knowledge of Dorothy and her journey um, as it being more of a this uh, darker fairy tale, not really dark, but like, a little darker than an MGM musical of the 30s.
1: So,
0: um, yeah, so it was like a very, this uh, story of this little girl who found herself caught up in this horrible storm and actually taken to a different place. And she can't really explain how she got there, where she is, but she just knows she has to get home because it's, it's perilous to her return, you know, like because she's going through so many, um, different things. And I, her comrades within the book realize that she's, that she Dorothy needs to get home because she doesn't belong here. Like, this isn't her world. And I, I think that uh, that was the Oz I was exposed to as a child first. And then my mom brought in the very much uh, Judy Garland musical, which is a much uh, softer, uh, glamorized, polished version for Hollywood. And Um, I love both equally very, very much. I I can't say one is better than the other um, in any capacity. You just have to be able to separate that and say, I like this one and that one.
1: (laughs) Well, I've got a question from uh, one of our viewers, Danielle. Uh, Hello, Danielle. It's great to see you here as well. Um, The painting that's over your right shoulder of Judy, uh, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the artist and uh, the painting? This uh, the, yes. the,
0: the the navy blue one here. Yes. This is actually a very old old poster from the 1940s that has been dry mounted to uh, for preservation. This came out of a theater um, in Georgia, and that's about all I know. And that it was part of a series of um, announcing a film that she was in. And across the bottom, it just says Garland, and then it just has her. It's um, one of my more favorite pieces that I have that I'm currently working on getting it framed and uh, put into a UV protected uh, glass and all of that.
1: Now, I want to tell you how I became familiar with you um, (laughs) uh, through uh, MeTV's uh, collector series. uh, When Lisa Welchel uh, did the series and you were on that show and I immediately uh, went to the internet and looked you up and uh, and sent you a friend request. And thank you for accepting it, <laughs> uh, thinking that y- there yet another stalker is coming into your world. No. Um, <laughs> uh, but I wrote you, and I don't know if you remember the note that I sent you, uh, telling you that I was such a big Oz fan mm-hmm. and uh, that I really wanted to interview you. And you accepted. And uh, so thank you for that. But I want to go back to the beginning for you. Um, it's always best to start at the beginning. Um, yes. But uh, <laughs> what, what was the first item that you purchased that started you down this rabbit hole?
0: Wow. Well, my first item that I purchased, wow. I, I don't know. That would have, but I could tell you the first item that was given to me that kind of started it. And that was a coloring book. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my grandmother, I was sitting in a um, doctor's office with my grandmother and my mom um, about, oh, circa 1990, 1989, somewhere in there. And uh, I had this green, it was a green coloring book and it was not movie based, it was book based. And um, it had Dorothy very much in like her, in a very sailor looking outfit and this uh, like a more realistic looking lion than a, a man in a suit. Um, kind of Denzel, John R. high bred characters, I guess you could say. And uh, I remember just sitting there opening this coloring book and like seeing this tornado and, and then seeing that the house had landed on somebody. And now this little girl had this horrible problem on her hands and, <laughs> like, and she just wanted to go home. And then like everybody she met was like somebody very endearing that wanted to help her but they had their own hurdles to get over, and I knew that as a child, which I think was very profound. Now, being adult and looking back at that, and saying you were only four, or three or four years old, and you kind of already knew the gravity of that. Like in life, you're you have to turn to others sometimes to find the answer for what what's within yourself, and when they help you find that, in turn, you bring something out of them. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know how to explain that in in a child's sense, but I, I got it. I did get it. And in a way, and that just stayed with me forever. And that's why I've held on to that, like a life raft through life, you know, so.
1: As you grew older and you became aware that you could amass this collection, that you should start collecting, how did you go about uh, on this road to uh, co- uh collection? Um, was it going to auction houses? Uh, were people alerting you of... Uh, were you, did you start collecting pretty much before the world of the internet or... Did the internet open that world for you? Where did it begin for you?
0: Well, um, my grandmother and my mother both were doll and antique collectors. My mom loved dolls. Um, The original Barbies by Mattel, which we could do a whole nother show someday, Richard, (laughs) Um, all about Barbie, Um, is uh, what I really was born out of. Um, You know, Judy always said she was born in a trunk. Well. I guess uh, Walter Krueger was born in the back of a of an auction house. Um, so now these yes. dolls
1: here are just I I, I, I love these doll uh, the dolls that you have here.
0: Yeah, these I love these dolls. They're actually I have some of them uh, featured over my shoulder here. These are the ideal dolls from the Ideal Corporation, and like um, Judy Garland had like licensing with them for her likeness uh, as Dorothy, and those are some of the very first of those dolls ever to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, my my whole start for my collecting came from my mom and my grandmother. And then I collected prior internet, um, which was going to doll shows, garage sales, bookshops, antique shops. Like in the 80s and the 90s, that was like galore. I mean, now they're few and far between. Um, And then when eBay hit, my mom and I literally just exploded with our collection. We just started finding everything our hearts desired from there.
1: Now, Erin uh, Kidder is here. Ooh. Uh, and she says that there's a unique story about the uh, director's chair behind you. Yes.
0: Yes. Isn't that wonderful? I, I love that. So, like, leading up to Judy's birthday month, I found some very weird things that were happening. This uh, synchronicity, as I always say, that you look for in life that tells you you're on a good path or you're heading the right way, you know? And, um This, I had just recently purchased a house and I moved and it was like kind of this big ordeal. My father got sick and uh, I had been, I've had been trying to find my way to settle in and find my comfort, my no place like home moment, you know, and there was a guy up the street that posted this on the internet for, and he said that he had found it at a garage sale. And the weird part was, is he found it a few blocks away from my childhood home. And I found that so weird. And I was like, and then I was like, well, where are you located? Can I come look at it? Can I could just come see it? And he was like, yeah. And he, when he gave me the address of where it was, I, I, I'm not kidding you, Richard. He was five minutes from my new home that I bought. Like <laughs> so it was just meant to be. And so I went there and I told him who I was and I showed him some of my stuff online. And I said, you know, if you ever want to sell it, let me know. And, he he was white as a ghost he turned to me he goes dude i think this is supposed to be yours so yeah and he he sold it to me and so i have her director i have one of judy's director's chairs now in my collection and i am so very grateful and it came at a good time a very good time so
1: now when some people think of a collector for example with you collecting things for oz your collection is not just the Wizard of Oz MGM 1939. No. You have this amazing collection of items uh from the Wiz, uh Wicked, uh anything having to do with Oz, if it's out there, if it's Oz centric, you have it. That's yeah. why I called the show All Things Oz. Uh it's just amazing this collection that you have. Uh what is it about Oz that just grabs you. I think
0: the, it's taken me a long time to figure that out. I think it, it constantly changes because I'm constantly finding new avenues um, within it. You know, every time we think, oh, we've reached we've reached where we, we wanna be or we, we know we figured it out, you know, like this constantly turns a page for me and surprises me with something more and my journey is never over. And it's not like in a bad way, it's a good way that your journey is never over. Um, but The Wizard of Oz for me, I think it's the people it brought into my life and that it continues to bring into my life. Um, I This all around me is just stuff. I mean, after I'm gone, I, it'll go to someone else and there and forward and onward until-
1: I, it, I, I don't, I don't want to get morbid and, and yeah. I see this in a positive way. I just, uh, I lost a dear friend uh, in uh, December um, and I was the executor for her will and she was a collector. She collected a lot. Have you made plans for where everything <laughs> does go after you move on?
0: Yeah, I, I think I want all of this to go either into some kind of split for museums or you know, maybe
1: I'll send out some chocolate bars with a golden ticket in it. I don't know. <laughs> I love everyone signing up for those golden tickets now, but don't leave us anytime soon. We need you around for a long time. Right. So yeah. Now, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think that your dream is to open an Oz museum.
0: Yes, I want to open an Oz museum. I I think. I think that's the best thing to do with all of this. Um, as I look around and I look at like just boxes of stuff um, that the camera can't see, um, I, I think to myself, you know, like there's got there's a purpose and a reason for it, and you just can't keep it to yourself. So I, I really would like to like share this with the world. Like I said, I, I it's just stuff too, but it's a it's a lot of stuff that people love and care about and. It's like the people that it brings together and the memories that it incites and it makes people remember their childhood. It makes them remember the reason why they got into acting and into the into the industry and this is um the story has had a profound effect on people and like I said I going going recently to Judy's birthday and seeing that and just it's just all avenues of life. And I so. want
1: to talk about that because that is so fresh. It just happened. And of course, in the promo card that we used, that gorgeous picture of you on the oh, yellow yeah. carpet, uh, <laughs> great picture. How did that come about uh, that, oh. you, that you were invited out and you got a chance uh, to meet Joe Luft and Lorna? And uh, how did it come about that you were invited out to Hollywood uh, to be a part of this event? That was
0: it. I had gotten an email. Um, I just my my passion driven online and uh, like sharing that with uh, people close to I think we're at like close to 12,000 people now on at Wizard of Oz Collectors United. And um, there was just some kind soul within there uh, that said, hey, you know what, he should probably go. And my name got put on the guest list. And I I literally had a Cinderella moment. <laughs> it was this uh, w- wonderful thing um, to have, and it uh, I really I enjoy sharing that with people and stuff like that. That this is something that if you follow your passion, you can do things like that. It's it is not just exclusive to me. It's just it's something that anyone can really do if you follow your heart and your dreams. I mean follow your yellow brick road, right? I so. totally
1: agree with it. And I believe in manifestation and, and I talk about this. And you, uh, you, know, a few years ago, I won uh, a contest uh, through TCM and I went out for, uh, and I introduced a film as part of their film festival. And so I can only imagine, and I know the excitement of being uh, invited out to do something like this. What was the highlight of the trip for you?
0: I, the highlight of the trip for me was seeing all of the people that I arrived there with. The photo that you show of the four of us, my friend, Sean, Steph, and Austin and I on the carpet. That was our first like group photo together on the red carpet. The, the electricity that was running between us when that photo was taken, I don't think I've ever felt in my life with a group of four people because I think we were all having a life like a life event and we were sharing that together and i think that is something that can never be duplicated so
1: and danielle uh because we have this psychic bond i know that we do danielle uh and she's going to agree with me um did you feel judy's energy and presence there
0: absolutely absolutely without a doubt i saw it in everybody that literally was having the time of their life and was celebrating her. Um, I I was, I had uh, a reconnection with a friend that I had not uh, seen in a while because of our careers had taken us, um, I hadn't seen him from since college years. That's Scott Headley. And he was the curator of the 100 Years of Judy Garland exhibit.
1: You just said the magic word, Scott is gonna be on the show on Monday night. Uh, then, yes, he's wonderful. going to be here. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: He, he's a wonderful individual. I mean, uh, I grew up with Scott through our high school and like our college years. Really? Yes. He went to college here in Chicago and he would come over and he'd look at my collection and him and I would hop on the internet. We would track down Wizard of Oz stuff together. and um. I'm so proud of him I'm so so proud of him it was the one of, two
1: them- of you I mean th- it's a what an amazing story the two of you uh, he's he's amazing
0: he like just his passion and his dedication and he's he he wants to find these items so that he genuinely can take care of them it, it's not it, it's not that oh I have this and no one else has it it's he wants to take care care of it and that's like that has always been his mission so i i was very thoroughly impressed with him and uh what mr ackerman had put together and it just beautiful beautiful things and and they had quite a few help from others and i i'm forgetting names now so please forgive me but like they were just so many wonderful things and collectors and Historians and experts that came together to put that exhibit together. And it was just breathtaking. And it was literally the cherry on the top of the cake for the night. So, yes.
1: Now, Rose uh, Apuza wants to know where are those costumes stored? Uh, you have to tune in on Monday night to find out. <laughs> yes. So, uh, because I know where the costumes are stored, I know I've got all the answers. Uh, everybody come back on Monday night at seven o'clock and find out. Out of all the items that you have, what is the one item in your possession that you cannot you cannot believe that you actually own this item? Oh, I would say it'd probably be the MGM costume pieces I own.
0: I have a guard's outfit. I have his coat and pants and it's one of the wash and brush up guards that open the door for when they are uh, singing Mario Land of Oz and then going to have their makeovers done. Um, I have that man's uh, coat and his pants. Um, I also have uh, panels off of the Winky Guard's costume, which is one of my other favorites. So one of the guards that march around the Wicked Witch's castle. Mm -hmm. I also have the top of a spear. I have um, an inlay piece that goes on the back of another uh, coat that I'm looking for so that I can bring the piece back together with the coat someday. Um, I have a piece of the Yellow Brick Road. I have like a lot of different little things Um, but yeah, like I, it'd be the original costumes from the films themselves. Um, I'm very much like Scott. I have a very dedicated passion to wanting to find and save and preserve pieces of the Wizard of Oz and Oz history.
1: Is there a Holy Grail item that you really desire that you have not been able to so far get? And then there's a, there's a very important thing that I want to get your uh, take on because I've been following you on, uh, uh, I, I follow your post religiously. So uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about something else in a moment. Uh, but what's the Holy Grail item for you?
0: Oh, my Holy Grail I- item. Um. Wow. I I would have to say it would be m- more costumes and props. If I had to find it, if I had to really be specific, I would love to find or n- at least know what happened to the Tin Man's clock heart from the film. Where's nice. Jack Haley's heart? Like, we know where the Cowardly Lion badge is. The diploma was basically a piece of paper with a red grosgrain ribbon around it, so it probably is long gone. But where is that metal clock heart with the daisy chain? Like, it's gotta be somewhere. Someone's Mm -hmm. got it, right?
1: You would think so. Yeah. And where's the hourglass? Do you know where the hourglass is? Yeah,
0: so rumor has it, one of my buddies, Willard Carroll,
1: has one. And I shouldn't be calling out people on this. (laughs) Uh, Listen, Friday is my uh, wrap-up show and it's going to wrap up everything. I want you to send me a list of mystery guests for my show so that I can end with a grand finale on Friday. Will you do that? Uh, oh, I, be,
0: honestly, yes, yes They'll all
1: I mean. be mis. They'll all. They'll all be mystery guest. Everybody will have to tune in to find out who they'll be on Friday. Right. But it'll just be a, a grand finale to end this series. Um, <laughs> but um, I want to talk about a very interesting thing that's been in the news a lot lately. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Oh, is it something that the Wall Street Journal wanted to know about? <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're reading my mind (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: yes um well um that is exactly a good prime example of why i am the collector i am and scott and all of my my cohorts that also collect you know like sean and tori and a shout out to all of them i love you all um It is that dream of being able to go into a long lost building and find a box that, you know, you open and there's a there's a Judy Garland Dorothy dress in there that people forgot about. Tell
1: everybody what happened and uh, bring everybody up to date with what's going on. Uh, And while you're doing that, I'm going to be bringing up another page here. So tell everyone uh, what happened. Well,
0: alrighty. this uh, Catholic university, if many of you haven't known, um, was given a dress back in the 1970s by an actress who was well known for her part in the movie The Exorcist, kind of tongue in cheek there. Um, but uh, she had been one of the attendees to the uh, 1970 auction at uh, MGM when MGM was cleaning out their back lots. And something a lot of people may not know is that when you're filming a movie, um, you have various backups of costumes. So in case there's a stain that gets on a costume or a rip or a tear, you don't have to shut down production or wait for the item to go out to be tailored or fixed. You have another one ready to go and the actress can be put into it. And the continuity of the film doesn't change. Um, So as with Judy Garland, this was standard practice for Dorothy. Dorothy had multiple gingham dresses on a rack ready to go in case something had happened. And so at the end of the um, era of the classic Hollywood and when the auction uh, like had happened, uh, they were selling off these costumes and uh, this actress was able to get her hands on one of Judy Garland's Dorothy dresses. And she then um, held on it for a while and donated it to one of the priests that worked at this Catholic university. Now, um, by doing that, he had kept it and wanted to keep it on display in their drama department and things like that, and it had for many years. And then um, eventually he had passed away and the costume vanished and nobody knew what happened to the Dorothy dress. Well, as of last summer, some a man was going into retirement and he was cleaning out his office, which coincidentally was the shared office of this former priest that had the Dorothy dress. And he had reached up above a shelf that uh, had contained many books and stuff and had found a small little shirt box that had a lot of dust on it, pulled it off, opened it, and found a discovery that literally would have knocked any one of us onto the floor cold. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and he's, he basically just put a post-it note on it and stuck it in the main office and said, oh, I found this. I think it may be something. And oh boy, was it. <laughs> so now it has launched a, another wonderful twist and turn down the elevator road because there is a lock now between the niece of the man who was the priest um, and says that that should probably belong to her family as it was his possession. But just
1: to back up for a moment, first of all, the actress was Mercedes McCambridge. Yes. Uh, the, and uh, the item, uh, the person who found the, uh, the dress uh, gave it to Bonhams to be auctioned off and it was already on the auction block. It was on display for a, a couple of weeks here in New York uh, at Bonham's auction house. Uh, and it was scheduled to go on the auction block uh, until this judge put a stop yes. on the auction. So yes. just to bring us up to date with everything.
0: Yeah, and so now now they're locked between whether or not that uh should it be the universities or should it be the nieces and I honestly if I if I had to I'll settle the dispute. I'll take it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I want to show a couple of your uh parts of your collection and then uh I've got some uh questions. First of all, love this. Thank uh you. and there's your costume that you talked about behind yes. This yes, is just gorgeous here. Look at this. Just you. You, just so many amazing things that you've amassed. The dolls that we saw. Look at this. Wow. How many rooms uh, in this in your home?
0: Well, my new home right now, I'm currently working on turning the entire house as a Wizard of Oz experience in some way. So around every corner, there is at least a showcase of some sort containing a piece of Oz history, whether it be a Munchkin house used in Muppets Wizard of Oz, or Diana Ross's director's chair, or costumes used in uh, the stage show Wicked. Um, my house is adorned with uh, Oz artifacts that have affected American
1: history, and uh, and it's just been announced: uh, Wicked is going to be coming out soon. Uh, not one, but two films, uh, because it, they say it's just so massive. Um, I'm sure that you're excited about the new Wicked coming out. I'm
0: very excited. I am elated over it. I'm so happy that we're going to be getting more installments into the Oz universe. I don't ever look at it as being something that will damage the MGM classic- Thank you, thank you. That everybody loves. That is a, that is a movie that you can never damage. I don't think why when people hear that, oh, a remake or a rehashing or a retelling, people get so up in arms over it. It's like, no, don't get upset. That You can never erase what Judy Garland did. All we can do is we can build upon, we can inspire new generations, we can show people that love in a new, modern way, and hopefully inspire them to go back and look at the Judy Garland film. That gives a new life.
1: And I want to say to everyone who's watching out there, if you've never read The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, the original book uh, written in 1900, go back and read the original. Uh, So many... It it's very different. Uh there are aspects, of course. Uh the movie, of course, is based on this, uh, but it's a different, it's a different retelling. Um, and of course, every time I hear of a new, I'm with you, Walter, every time I hear of a new uh film version or something coming out, I can't wait. I even love the Tom and Jerry Wizard of Oz. Yes. I, <laughs> I so. love them all. Uh, so I end uh, our shows uh, with uh, some questions that I put together, uh, some random questions, just to get a sense of you. Um, and uh, so my first question is, uh, who or what uh, do you, um, in the world of Oz, uh, you know, as there is in every, uh, in the, you know, I'm in the business of show, cabaret theater, whatever. And this is going to sound like an interesting question. And I'm not asking for names or circumstances uh, because this is all about celebrating. Mm -hmm. So think before you answer with this question, okay? Mm -hmm. So who or what do you need to forgive so you can move on and live better in the world of Oz? Mm -hmm. Is there somebody out there that you have you know, perhaps crossed wires or something. Oh yeah. When it comes to Oz collecting or whatever.
0: Oh yes. Um, one thing a lot of people know about me, my close friends really know about me. Um, I will be, I am very honest and very open and very, I will, I will tell you, yes, I have, I have. And there are friends back there, back in the day, like, you know, that you, that you, you wish that, uh, You could go back, you could redo, you could uh, maybe now being a little older, a little wiser, a little bit more classier, and just knowing on both ends um, and reconnecting. I think everybody has a story and has a reason as to why they do things. Um, Forgiveness, forgiveness is something that I think we really need to look at as a society. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, holding grudges, Will never get you anywhere, and um, you know a lot of people will say when you judge a book by its cover for or first impressions. You know these are these these things are good tools, but let's not let these tools become poison. So, yeah, I, I would say yeah, out there 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 is. So yeah, I, I I like to think of myself as somebody who likes to think of redemption and likes to think well, of people renewing themselves, yeah, and that is, is all
1: possible. That's great. Um, how did, well, you pretty much have answered this. Um, I think you will. You have answered this. Um, your interest in this began with your grandmother. Um, tell us a little bit about your grandmother and what it was. Where do you think that her interest in Oz began? Oh,
0: my grandmother was, came over from Italy and I think she, was searching for a dream that she had in her heart. And I think being an immigrant, not being able to figure a way to put that into words uh, of the American dream. And I think when she discovered ilmego Diaz, um, that she ended up finding exactly what she was looking for. And I think that she vowed that that was something she was going to share with all of her children and her grand- grandchildren. Um, I think a lot of things um, with all of my Oz that people know about me, I think one thing, a fact that people don't know about me um, that I never share it was a very private, very personal one. I'll share it tonight with you on your show. Um, my grandmother was so attached to the Wizard of Oz that my my mother's middle name is Gail. So it was Nancy Gale. So there, um, it, it just, uh, it affected her. And I think that is something that is, um, I don't know. It just, it's a part of my DNA, I guess, Richard.
1: <laughs> well, that's a beautiful story. That's great. Uh, what would make your life more comfortable? And, uh, you know, I, I am sure that with all this collection and everything, that it, does it feel that you're constantly racing for the next item uh, does or or is it are you able to just take a deep breath and just enjoy it all? I mean, are you there or are you constantly racing for the next item
0: i'm I'm happy with what I have I'm completely content with what I have. I think day to day what presents itself is like. A new adventure and if i find something that i like i'll pursue and i'll go on that journey to see if i'll get it And if i do then awesome if i don't then you know try try again did um, you say awesome yeah <laughs> 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 we do that a lot us ozians our little our own little talk there but um yeah i i think that there is this um I'm, I'm at a good point with what I have. I am happy with what I have. And like, I, you could have asked me this question two days ago and i am been like, yeah, I'm great. And then last night, this company Icon Studios and non-endorsed, um, no sponsorship here, um, dropped a, well, if they want a sponsor, rep- we'll take it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, hit me up Icon Studios. I'm here. Hey, um, they, they, dropped uh, an announcement that they're going to replicate the wicked witch's hourglass and mass produce it for fans so yeah i'm gonna
1: get on oh, i saw that. your post on that um uh, you know danielle asked a few minutes ago and the question slipped by so i don't want to forget that oh, for sure. do you know where the crystal ball ended up
0: yes the crystal ball they actually found it in a warehouse a few years back if you do a google search um I, I, you can find it. If not, hop on over to Collectors uh, Wizard of Oz Collectors United on Facebook, and I can kind of delve into that a little deeper um, in the future. But they did find the Wicked Witch's crystal ball. A man purchased it, and it is in his home on display, or I believe he may have given it. It might be on display at a museum for all to see right now. But he recreated the base with the monkeys on it, um, and the inside of it glows and shows images from the film inside of it. So it does still exist.
1: Oh wow, that's great! Yes. And uh, and Diamond S Music says, "Remember the TV show Fame episode of Wizard of Oz." I remember, I remember <laughs> the night that aired. I watched it. Um, oh
0: yes, that was a good episode. I do remember seeing that. Um, I, I do a lot of research on um, television shows that have done Oz episodes because I don't think you can really think of a major television show that has not done a Wizard of Oz parody in
1: some way. Absolutely. Um, excluding tonight, what is the most important action that you've taken this past week and excluding, of course, what we've already talked about tonight, something we haven't talked about. Uh, what is the most important action that you've taken, uh, related to your connect, uh, collection?
0: I would say I, my action of uh, of great importance that I like to do or that I plan to do when I... I, I do, and I can. I will want to continue to do, is to spread the love and the message that no matter who you are, no matter what life hands you, it could be bad, it could be good, it could change at the flip of a dime, as we've all seen. Um, that it is, it is very much like Judy. What Judy said, and it like. Um, you have, the show must go on. It just, you must keep going. You must pursue your dreams because that's what life is about. That's what it's all about. And I think that's to find and use my collection to inspire that message on a never ending basis. That's why I do what I do.
1: Now, this is, may sound like an unusual question, but have you ever experienced any prejudice when it comes to your collection? And if so, how did you get past it?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I a lot of times, you know, being 36 years old and trying to hit up the dating community and uh, not finding a lot of great success with that, unfortunately, you sit back and you you start questioning, like, is it the collection? Is it is it the passion? Is it that others can't see what I see? And the second I start thinking that, I tell myself, you know what? screw them. Like, for lack of better words, as Judy would say, you know, like, forget it. Like, it's just, do you. Do you. And someone, one day, will come along and will appreciate exactly who you are. And I think Uh, that's the prejudice. The prejudice, it does get me down. I mean, my, my fans and people who know me, my friends and people who follow me see that I do have my moments, it gets me down. But all I have to do is just remember, you know, I'm on a path and I'm not gonna let anyone derail me from that.
1: God bless you. I got a I have a question from Michael Langdon, uh,
2: mm-hmm. Michael
1: Langdon, uh, and he says, do we know what happened to Dorothy's basket? And if I'm not mistaken, the basket was also used in the film, Little Women. Am I correct? Yes,
0: it was used in Little Women. Margaret O'Brien, I believe yeah. used it, yes, mm-hmm. yes. I so believe- do you know what
1: happened to the basket?
0: I, I honestly I don't know. Um, my best guess is probably from what I had found in doing research was finding old catalogs from the David Weiss Company that uh, came out when they were liquidating everything in the back lots of MGM in the nineteen seventies. And if you go through the David Weiss catalogs, there are many listings for um, lots and like lots, meaning that they Mm -hmm. will group together a bunch of like items and then sell them together at one big discounted price so that they just can get rid of it. So within the pages of the David Weiss catalogs, there are listings for baskets and it says picnic baskets, variety, 12, lot number 263, Mm -hmm. now, If you're going to ask me, where is that basket? I would bet my money it ended up in one of those lots. Somebody bought it and didn't even know what they got.
1: Wow. Amazing. Uh, What? um, It it, was there an item that you almost got that got away? Mm, Almost got? No, uh,
0: not that I could honestly say that I had that I had viably had, I've been a part of the discovery. My, I had a, a contact who had uh, found uh, Glinda's wand and uh, well, well, a person came to them and asked them about, is this Glinda's wand ultimately turning out to be Glinda's wand? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, did it, my, viably me having a chance at that Sure, but I wouldn't be sitting in my new home now. I'd be sitting here in an apartment holding a wand. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have a home. Dorothy said, "There's no place like home." that right. No place that's like right. wand. She didn't <laughs> like, say there's no place like a wand.
1: Um, um, what goals have you set for the rest of this year when it comes to your collection?
0: Um, my my goals really is to to present it in, in my new home in a way that really represents the passion and drive and the message that it relayed to me my whole life. So that visitors who come to my home or I get a lot of requests, I get a lot of people who want to see it. And so I love, I love entertaining those people and showing them and telling my story in person. So getting that into a, uh, presentable format here Um, in order to do that is taking a lot of time and it's going to continue to take time until I perfect it. Um, But yeah, that's where I'm kind of really focused right now with it.
1: That's great. Um, What one part of your collection do you consider to be your ideal?
0: Oh, my, I would have to say I love... I love the things that are the original um, collectibles, the original items from the film and from Bomb's life. I mean, I have some things at the Bomb family, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be friends with the Bomb family themselves, um, Roger and his wonderful wife, Charlene. Um, they've been guests in my home for Oz events that I've thrown for um, private little parties and things like that and they've given me some family mementos to hold on to for the future. Um, it's things like that, that um, people who, who are a part of that history, that legacy that created the American classic, um, entrust in you a piece of that. And um, it's a great honor, a great honor to have that.
1: That's great. My last question that I'm gonna to ask tonight, I have a calendar that I keep on my desk and it's Daily Acts of Gratitude. And I pulled a passage from my calendar because I do believe in uh, practicing gratitude. And I'm just going to read from this passage today. And it says, when I'm communicating about a subject that's potentially triggering, I choose my words carefully. My energy and attentions are both important to me. So I have a self-love action today. Today, before I communicate about a subject that others might find triggering, I'll pause and do some breathing to calm my energy and get clear in my intentions. And I want to know for yourself, do you take the time to take care of yourself because you do so much for everybody else? Walter, I, I, I see what you do for everybody else, but do you take care for yourself?
0: I, I have to, I'm like with a lot of other people I'm on go 24-7. Um, my time for myself and what I really love doing is like sitting here and talking with you guys and with your audience. Um, this is the Wally time. This is what I really like. This is, I'm I'm being, um, bearing my soul, basically. My collection is in my art and my craft, or however you would like to call whatever I do here, <laughs> um, is very much a... a an honest reflection of who I am um so I think that's a really good time for me um I really enjoy doing this and like I said moving away and helping my dad I kind of fell away from it for the past year and I'm hoping to really start coming back stronger as I put it back out because those are those that that is my time for me is um sharing my passion and my love and kind of escaping to the land of Oz with all my fellow Ozians I really That's what I love most.
1: Well, I'm so glad that you shared it with us tonight. Don't go anywhere for a moment. We're going to give away a piece of the yellow brick road (laughs) from the land of Oz in Banner Elk, North Carolina. Uh, And thank you all uh, for being here tonight. And we'll see who our winner is. (gasps) Rose Apuzo. Rose Rose. is my assistant. No rigging here. My hands are here. I have nothing to do with this. So Rose, and she deserves a piece of the Yellow Brick Road because she does so much for everyone else. Uh, I'll put you both in touch with each other so you can Wonderful. get that to her. Um, and I'm going to pull this up here. Don't go anywhere for a moment, Walter. Uh, right. I want to thank everybody uh, for being here tonight. Uh, thank you all for being here. Um, it's, it means the world to me. It's Saturday night. You could have been anywhere but you chose to be with Walter and myself tonight. And I know that I can speak for Walter when I say this, we don't take it lightly. Uh, So thank you. Uh, If this is your first time at Richard Skipper Celebrates, I hope that it will not be your last. Uh, Please consider subscribing to Richard Skipper Celebrates. Uh, After the show tonight, even if you've left a comment here, please go to YouTube and leave a comment there. Uh, because what that will do is that will raise the level in terms of the analytics of how this shows up in search engines. So it's very important that you leave a comment and let us know what you think of the show. Uh, you can also share the show there and tell everyone. Um, Wizard of Oz Collectors United. Um, Walter Kruger. Uh, it, and all you need to do is do a search of Walter Kruger Oz and you can search and see where he is. He's very accessible and follow him and check up with what he's doing and all things Oz. He does great work, he's got a great collection and there's a lot out there that you can read about. Uh, Please, please, please uh, support the work that he's doing. Spread the word, Uh, it's all about spreading love. That's the true message of The Wizard of Oz. That's the true message of all of Baum's books. And uh, that's, I think, is what resonates with me uh, when it comes to Oz and the land of Oz. Um, I end all of my shows uh, by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Uh, go to your Facebook friends list and reach out to the third name that pops up after tonight's show and reach out with a phone call and let that person know what they mean to you not an email message, not a text message, not a private uh, inbox message, but a phone call. And the phone call could go something like this. Hey, did you see Richard Skipper's show tonight with Walter Krueger? Well, if you haven't, it's on demand on YouTube. You should check it out. You should check out Walter Krueger. Reach out with a phone call. Uh, My dear friend, Sean Moniker, says we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And you never know what someone else is going through right now. And I always say, if you're going to go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. So, Walter, I'm going to leave the screen and I'm going to give you the final word. Anything that you want to say about anything that we talked about tonight that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message you want to leave everyone with, don't worry about how to end the show as soon as you say goodbye The final credits will roll. Thank you everyone for being here. If you are around tomorrow night at seven o'clock, my guest will be Randy Schmidt, and we will be talking about his book, Judy Garland on Judy Garland. This is in her own words. So it's very important if you can join us tomorrow night. Thank you. And Walter, it's all yours. Thank you for being here. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Richard. And thank you all for watching tonight. And as Judy Garland always said, don't be a second-rate version of someone else. Be the first-rate version of yourself. And always remember, the dreams that you dare to dream really do come true. Until next time.